You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Go get him, everyone. A lot of energy, a lot of focus. Were they back here today? Were they here in the bar before? They were here in the oh, bar the gotcha. last time here. What is up, everybody, and welcome into Studio B. Let's go! Can you guys believe we got pushed to Studio B for soccer? Oh Man, Kale, God. I want to hear some like Bruce Springsteen open us up. Yeah. Like some born in the born USA. In the Get us hype. What's the vibe I was on? Did you guys, Bruce Springsteen, you, you got, that's America to you? That's a pretty good one. It is, yeah. pretty, it is pretty good. I mean, the song is born in the USA. Yeah, that's why. Like but that I mean, song. To me, if you said like American music, I, I would think like anthem country or something, you know? Yeah, Doesn't fair, fair like, enough. Uh, like, but you know what? I'm He's sticking a with blue Bruce. collar man. And, uh, Shout out the blue collar Americans out there. I've asked you this before, but like you don't really like Bruce Springsteen, do you? You just like it because you have to. Yeah, a little bit. It does all sound the same. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? He, he wrote, has some bangers though. He oh, has man. three bangers, and then he rewrote them. What uh, are his bangers? Ten different ways. Um, Rosalita is great. He's got. I'm gonna have to uh, look. Him. <laughs> I'm up here. Uh, I like all of his. Born to stuff. run. Born to run. Um, Born in the USA. Banger. Yeah, there we go. I mean, we, I like gave it a name. I'm on fire. No. Atlantic City. These mm. are good. Ones. These are good songs, man. Mm. You know, City of Ruins. Yeah, My City of Ruins. Atlantic mm. City. I know Atlantic City. Uh, yeah. hey, I'm really exposing hey, myself. Pretty. I mean, Born to Run just it's an all the same. Yeah. Uh, anyway, we're gonna have a good show for you today, guys. We are riding a high right now at the Woo! DMVR yes. bar. I seriously, America. you guys know I'm not the biggest soccer guy. We all. You could just assume that. You might not have known that, but you could have guessed it. But you know, the World Cup is so fun, and I got to be honest with you. I've been here for every single one of the U.S. games. Bangers. Bangers. Honest to God. Man. Surpasses anything we've had for a couple of reasons, like Nuggets, Game 7s, playoffs. Sure. They've also been great, but I'm telling you, DMVR 1.0, not the same as DMVR 2.0, because DMVR Bar 2.0 just fits way more people. <laughs> yeah, so that's true. actually the biggest that's, difference. Yeah. There's just way yeah. more people in There's the bar. There's way more people in the bar, so we're it's here packed. for these, and I'm telling you, it's packed. And they play now on Saturday morning. It's really early, but I'm telling you, it's going to be packed again. You don't even. You could hate soccer. Yeah. Soccer could be like you could personally have something against soccer. You can be D line. You could be D line. Soccer, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. It's really. And still have it's a great time. We all need one of those guys in the company. Because uh, I'm riding the high man. I'm all in on can, soccer. I, like, real right quick, now. I just yeah. got to shout out our, our Serbian brothers and potentially sisters. What are yeah. in the chat shouting us out? Hell yeah! Yeah, you guys know we love that. Um, it's it's so true, man. So anyway, enough of enough about soccer. Guys. <laughs> yeah, we're, it's enough. Let's move yeah. on. We are presented as always by DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app. Anyway, that's why we're here in Studio B. Um, but we'll be back in Studio A tomorrow. It's the Nuggets take on the Houston Rockets again. again. Oh, what a treat! Yeah, I can't this, wait. This time though, it's in Denver. <laughs> <laughs> so it's so dumb. It's so dumb. Are the Rockets going to give up at the start of the? Third quarter or again at the start of the fourth quarter? Uh, I mean, probably way sooner, to be honest. They were on fire. I went back. So I went back. One of the things I want to do is just give a couple quick notes. It's not a full notebook. I mean, who needs a full notebook of that game? But I do have a couple little things that I've noticed when I went back and rewatched. And also, we just want to get your guys' perspective because I know you guys hopped on very briefly. But since you were at the arena, first thing I noticed in, the, in these notes here, Jokic, and I didn't notice this live. He attempted a take foul in the first quarter. Did yeah, you know this? I remember this, yeah. You remember this? And it no. ended up being a Shangun layup. So he went out like he jumped for a three. Shangun pump fakes a three. Jokic jumps. And then he just grabs him. And like it was a foul. Yeah. He grabs him, grabs his jersey, and does this, and then looks at the ref. And then he's like, why didn't you he, call He was him? upset that he did not get the call. And Shangun goes in for the layup. Jokic <laughs> had three fouls at the half, right? I mean, not. I know that it was. It would have things. Maybe would have gone differently. This or that. But I'm telling you, last night's game was not really frustrating. At for a half, you were underwhelmed. 
game could have been way worse. And I hate it with Yoke. Like, I Yoke is so great at so many things. He's not perfect. And this is the number one way in which he's not perfect. Those fouls matter yes. against crappy teams. And his willingness to take them is just the worst part. Why take him? I know it's not logical. It's not. It's just built in him. It's just ingrained in built him. It out, it's just though. a no. natural thing. Totally. I don't accept totally. that, though. Like that, That's like, okay, you build it in. I'm just saying, I watching that one and I go... Man, you know how shitty it would have been to lose to the Knicks, Pistons, and Rockets three in a row home games. He, he likes the foul. Like he remember, he, he loves was, it. He's he was mad about the rule change that the rest of the world was stoked on. You yeah. Know? Uh, in in soon they're gonna change the kickball. Yeah. Violation. I'm telling you, the vibes were. I mean, the, the Rockets just made shots early on. I mean, you, when I went back and watched it, I was actually the Nuggets defense was very lackadaisical, but I really do think, and they moved the ball really well. But I do think in the NBA, man, you make two or three or four threes and a half more above expected. And even bad teams are going to be good. And that's what happened. Houston hit a a couple of shots that I thought were well contested, good defensive possessions. And when you hit them all in a row, like, okay, it kind of can throw a team off or whatever. And I thought that's what happened. But here's another thing that happened. One was Yoke got away with the take foul, thank God. And then two, AG took a really weird sidestep three corner in the beginning of moments of this game, in like the third possession or fourth possession. And Yoke was furious. (laughs) <laughs> I didn't know. I mean, I noticed the shot because I'm watching AG, and you could kind of see he had a look at his eye of like, should I do this? It was in the corner, which usually he does that on the wing. It was in the corner, right step, side step, shoots a three pointer, and I just and then you see Yoke go like, yeah, what the f is that? I do there was that. 20 seconds on the shot clock or 18 seconds on the shot clock. The reason I bring it up is you don't have to. I understand. I can empathize with the team saying we don't go all out defense or play four quarters or this or that. Like they did enough to win in this game. But the things that you, the things that bother me for real are those types of things. The habits where it's like, yeah, man, but it hurts the team. Whenever AG has been so good at picking his spots and he's shooting a great percentage that it's like, yeah, it's not because of that. Right. You know what I mean? Like, that, and, uh, those are bad habits. And, Why would we invite those in? I think it's easiest for those to creep back in against these opponents, you know? It yeah, just is. Sure. Like, I think, like, the. There's no you, penalty for it. Yeah, your guard has dropped, right? There's more room for error, there's more. It's kind. Of, it's. I. I feel like it's. You know, when you show up to school and it's a substitute teacher, and you're like, "Yeah, we're watching a movie today." <laughs> Every you know, time, it's that kind of energy. Sure. In in the first quarter, Harrison, we talked about it with Bruce Brown at shoot around, and he just said that the worst teams in the leagues, honestly, more often than not, are playing so much harder. And I think you can sort of get lazy in your discipline and your approach because, well, through aggregate talent, we're going to win this thing in the end, and they did, but. You know, a part of the journey for a great team is ironing that stuff out across 82. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So anyway, I just thought was one that kind of bugged me a little bit. And then the Nuggets, I will say this, seem more willing than ever to use Aaron Gordon as the screener in pick and roll. Because I talked about this and I actually did an episode of The List for Diehards, the NVR Diehards, a video breakdown of how Denver adjusted in the Clippers game in a way that I thought was really fascinating. And I think it's one of those things where when you use regular season to predict how the postseason will go, there's only a few things that actually matter. And one of them is like, how does a team try to defend you and what are your counters to it? And it's one reason I think the Clippers are a good matchup for Denver is they just don't have good options and they tried some ones that Denver immediately countered. Mm. And one of those was AG when the Clippers would put a big on AG, they'd put Brown or Zubats on him. Well, Denver just altered their offense to be able to use AG in the Jokic role and it worked beautifully. AG's been, But in this game, Houston didn't do that. They actually just left a power forward on. Denver still ran a lot of actions with him as the pick-and-roll screener, and I just wonder if that's a thing that, for some reason, Michael Malone is like going to it. You know what I mean? He's like, hey, let's develop this as a new weapon we have in our arsenal. I think it just speaks to how good Aaron Gordon is and how good he's been this season and how they just want to use that option. I mean, yeah. Aaron Gordon... He's usually a mismatch against he's a mismatch against like 90% of his matchups. He really you know, is. he's either too physical or like too quick uh, right. for whoever is guarding him. And so, I mean, the more opportunities that you can get the ball in Aaron Gordon's hands in the paint close to the basket, yeah. I love trying to explore that. Yeah. I, I, re- I really like it. I will say it's funny to me when I go on rewatch. I've really tried to like get into the playbook this year for just for different reasons, just try to like memorize them. It cracks me up how many times a player doesn't still doesn't know the plays. Yeah. When even I'm like calling out like, hey, you're, <laughs> no, it's for this or that. And AG is a great example of it because, again, they're placing him in these different roles. 
and he'll start noticing it. There's a lot of times where Jokic usually, but sometimes it's Murray will be like, <laughs> like telling him like, no, it's that's the one where you go to there. And he's like, yeah. oh, okay. And it, and it's KCP too. And again, this is Murray and Jokic have been in the system for longer, so it's understood that they would be a little bit more further along. But it is kind of funny because that's how you really unlock yourself as an offense. A continuity offense, in theory, you should be able to have everybody in interchangeable spots. Yes, you call plays. Yes, you'll say, hey, we're going to run this action this time. But the best thing is when everybody can just like wherever you are on the court, just go into an action here and everybody's kind of reading and reacting to that. And I don't know how close Denver is to getting to that point, but I do see them just doing things with guys in different spots more this year than I have seen in previous years. Love it. Just be less predictable, right? That would be 100% less predictable. And it's a credit to AG, who I think it's funny because this is year three of him in the system. So it's like... There's a corner to turn. There is a corner to turn. And I mean, he growth. should know the plays by now. Like, come on. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. It's year three, man. KCP, I can give, I can excuse that a little bit. Aaron Gordon, he should know every play. Like, uh, it's not about, again, I think that you go over in any given game the plays you're, pl- you're planning to run, yeah. and you have a familiarity with the playbook, but you refresh, like, okay, we're going to be focusing on these ones. I'm more talking about just the adjustment of, hey, they did this weird thing. Let's adjust on the fly now and right. have mm-hmm. you guys switch roles. Right. And it's like, well, did you learn this play from a different spot? And that's the thing where I'm saying it's just a little bit here and there. But gotcha. again, when you've been in a system for three years, hopefully now it starts to everybody kind of knows the different parts of a, and, and how to make the different reads of every part of, uh, of it. Right now, though, Jokic and Murray, I mean, they're on a different level, man. Honestly, those two are on a different level in terms of reading each other, reading the court. And I think it's among the most Im- I- encouraging things about this whole season. Um, do you have the Instagram account? Or are you still trying to log into it? Well, then just use the photo that I sent you if you can. You can just... Yeah, just pull that up. Do you guys see this? I was told this was posted on Bruce Brown's Instagram account today. Look at this. We already saw Jokic as a young lad wearing a, a, a jersey. And Bruce Brown wearing a Nuggets jersey. Love it. Look at this. How incredible is this? A Chauncey. It's I believe incredible. It's a Chauncey. I think that's got to be a Chauncey Billups. Or like a Tony Batie, but I don't think it'd be that. <laughs> <laughs> who, who else is a number four in that era? I would have to go back and it's look at it. has got to be a Chauncey Billups jersey. So you've been in the locker room now a little bit when, and, and you as well vote, just been around these guys. My read is that <laughs> it's funny because Bruce Brown, we didn't know much about his personality. He gets here, we start to research, you know, oh, the country music, hated being in Brooklyn because all the fanfare, this or that. I get the sense, though, that he genuinely like loves it. Like The money is going to trump all at the end of the day. Denver's ability to retain him is going to come down to the money. Yeah. Can they get close or whatever? But I feel like, and I don't want to project too much onto him, but it certainly feels like he's most appreciated in Denver. He's playing a style of basketball he likes. And he was asked the other day, I think by Mike Singer, about, you know, how do you, you know, how do you feel like it's going? And he's like, fantastic. You know, it's going yeah. perfect. I feel like he's very happy with how his Colorado extent has gone. Absolutely, man. And him, Jeff Green, DeAndre Jordan, it's like three guys who have been in like bigger cities more limelight the last couple years before they got to Denver. And I think for Bruce Brown and all of them, and I think the word is going to get out in the league pretty soon, Denver is just kind of this hidden oasis where you can just play with this Nikola Jokic guy who's going to get you stats, get you numbers, get you paid. You can just play this beautiful brand of basketball See, with... I, I want to take away though because we keep saying this i'm interrupting okay, you. i got 15 seconds and that was good no yeah. no i'm gonna interrupt you <laughs> for an important reason though because you keep saying it's this Jokic guy and this is the thing i'm trying to say is yes Jokic is the hub of a lot of this but i feel like i i don't want to over index on that and give it too much credit because it is a brand of basketball that just allows for freedom yes that's what you're getting at. as i was getting to yes you can play this get there. He said the great brand of basketball with this generational talent and you don't have a lot of pressure. You don't have a lot of eyes on you. It's a great market. It's a great city. It's a great lifestyle that you can live in Denver. And it's just an enjoyable quality of life. And um, I think Bruce Brown's loving it because of that and because he can play guard now. He was this weird big man at six foot three last year in that Brooklyn. And he's trying to prove to the rest of the league that he can play guard like he came into the league playing and everybody seems like they were writing him off that he couldn't the last couple of years. Um, now he's back playing his natural position and just everything is lining up for him. I feel like exactly how he envisioned it. And I just think like Denver, Denver's a great spot for those types of guys. 
And you think, too, I mean, to his credit, this is a real bet on yourself and hit a home run kind of situation. Everyone's wondering, how did Denver get him at this price point? Well, Bruce Brown wanted to go to a place where the front office views him as a guard. The head coach is going to give him a view him as a guard at times. Um, I think it's an A-plus fit with the head coach. If you're Bruce Brown, he probably has the number one head coach in the league that he should be with in terms of guys that are going to appreciate what he's bringing. Um, right, fall in right. love with. I mean, Bruce Brown led all players in minutes last night. Right. This is Malone's new <laughs> favorite. Thing. Maybe, maybe on accident. Um, maybe, but <laughs> so this is a guy who bet on himself. But I think wins right. It's an A plus fit in terms of the state of Colorado and the roster. What one note on Bruce though? Did not realize what a kind of fiery guy he is. Chip on his shoulder oh, about yeah. the guard thing. Talks a lot of smack on the court. Did you know this was a thing with him? He's no, he's a I didn't com- either. he's a confident guy. I so he's kind of runs contrary to that, oh, just country music, golf. Oh, he's a quiet guy. No, he'll get in your face and let yeah. you know. But I'm this the guard thing in particular because that I could play guard. Nobody thought I could and I was like, I didn't I what? Like I just didn't know this was a critique. It's for sure yeah, you how either. much like thinking back, there's no way he could have been like happy about the role he was playing with the <laughs> He's Nets. Not a man. Yeah. Except for here's the thing: what did he screener? <laughs> what did he say whenever we ask him about different things? He's like, "I play one through five or whatever." Like, yeah, you ask him like the versatility is like definitely one of his calling cards. But this is my point: is I feel like we've all been praising him. Maybe it's not a Denver thing. Maybe this was a Brooklyn thing. Maybe this was a draft thing. You know, guys hold on to their draft profile right. critiques more than anything. That's where they really get upset. Maybe it was a draft thing. But I feel like it's all been like, hey, he's so great. He doesn't have to play guard. And then last night, he's like, they said I can't play guard. It's like, oh, well, I that's think different. it's the last two years in Brooklyn type of thing. You think it, it is? It's, yeah, that's exactly what it is. It's also, if you said Bruce Brown around anyone in this front office, it's like the first thing they would tell you. He can play point guard. He can play right, point right, guard. Right. Lee is a point guard. They love that yeah. about play him. point guard so. his first two years. It's a good fit. It's a good fit. So anyway, I think it's just cool to see. And then him posting that on his own Instagram today. It's like one of those things. Where it's what like, if just every nugget somewhere had a picture of them in like a throwback Nuggets jersey from when they were four years old? It's just out there. People just need to find it. If AG has one, I'm going to lose my shit. Like he might. If Aaron Court has He like really that, might. Who would, he, who would he be wearing? Let's just go ahead and say that was Tony Batiste. Like <laughs> Kenyon Martin. Yeah, Kenyon. Who was at the game last night and... Yeah. Uh, I uh, was very excited to see DeAndre Jordan, who I've been thinking about this, lives one of maybe the 11 <laughs> coolest lives <laughs> yeah, on planet so Earth. He's up there, man. He is yeah. vibe. He's, he's enjoying his cool experience guy. in Denver, cool too. Yeah. Um, do you want to give your other story about it? I think it's cool. The, about what? Huh? Taking a photo. Kenyon? Yeah. Oh, I did see that one. Uh, when he when he saw the, the person using a wheelchair and he stopped to take the photo. Oh, somebody that's was cool. telling me that was it you that was telling me no not me some that he somebody in the crowd asked him to take a photo of them well no 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 <laughs> so he he was walking and he saw someone taking a photo at the oh, court and oh. then he stopped very respectfully and then very playfully photobombed them and then I it looked to me I wasn't close it looked to me like he offered to take it oh okay it was actually a very sweet Kenyan moment I'll tell you that was summer league though the, one of the cool things about summer league is if you want to take a photo with friends it's hard to get someone to take it that's not famous there's so many famous people there that <laughs> yeah. I wasn't Mike Bibby or something that we had like I was like we gotta get someone to take a photo of us like that's Mike Bibby that's should Mike we just Gibby. ask him to <laughs> yeah take our photo? also just like the most random guys too <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's really <laughs> random groups of people that you see out there anyway I thought it was cool. Um, let's take a look at the standings real quick. Actually, Kelly, you go to ESPN and pull up the uh, NBA standings real quick. And first, I'll go to last year. 20 games is surprisingly predictive about how the playoffs will shake out. Mm. Every single year, it's surprisingly predictive. Let's look at last year through 20 games. Warriors were number one. Golden State was number two. Utah Jazz were number three. That tracks, right? Mm-hmm. Dallas Mavericks were number four. Then the Clippers, the Timberwolves, the Nuggets, which were seventh. Then the Lakers, Grizzlies, Portland. The only things that switched there was Denver moved from seven to six, and Memphis basically moved all the way up to two, I think. Uh, they were seven. They went all the way up to two, and then Minnesota. They basically swapped with Minnesota. So if you look at last year's standings, six, the top six teams, five of them were correct in terms of who made it in, and then the play-in teams were mostly correct. You're just swapping Minnesota and Memphis you know, around. So it was really predictive. So if you zoom in a little bit here, Kale, and we look at the Western Conference, um, who uh, is this? Are we? Being, how predictive do you think that this is? I'll start with you. Vote. How predictive do you think the standings are with where we're going to be? Fairly. I mean, Suns Nuggets being up here is not particularly surprising, right, to anyone. Uh, and I think 
Well, maybe some people with the Suns. Personally, I felt like the regular season success was nearly penned in. Yeah. Uh, it's really playoff questions. We'll find out. But I think one, two is makes a lot of sense to me. It does get interesting in three, four, five, particularly because the Clippers are one of those teams where how much of them have we seen? How much of them will ever actually get on the floor? You know, and they've certainly managed to keep their heads above water. So, like, if they were to leapfrog to three, I don't, you know, no one's too surprised. Um, so, but obviously, I would think the biggest surprise of all is just the Warriors being as low as they are. And that's another kind of weird situation because. If you look at their record post Wiseman, if you look at their record at home, still plenty of reason to think that they're going to win a lot of games. They're on a three game yeah, winning streak. The Warriors really are good. again, all of a sudden, just like the best team in the league, I feel like. I think they are. You're joking, yeah. but I think they're the sneaky team. I think they are. It's a three. We said this yesterday on the pregame show, but I think the three teams in the top of the West are pretty clear mm-hmm. Phoenix, Denver, and Golden State to me I are like, so. that's the class of it. And Golden State, yes, they're down there at 11 and 10, but come on. Yeah, I think these are the 10 teams. Um, actually, these are nine of the 10 teams that are going to make the playoffs. Swap Because I'm guessing you have Dallas in. In for the Kings. Yeah. For oh, real for the Kings. So here's the thing about the Kings. They have played, um, I guess they've played 10 home games. Yeah, they have lit mind. the beam 10 times. They've lit the beam 10 times. The beam will run out of steam. I don't. I I kind of still buy Sacramento. Man. Is it the Minnesotas or the Utah's plummet happened? Oh God! Quick, is it huh? Minnesota? Yeah, Actually, Utah, Utah. It might be Utah. Utah. It might be Utah. Look at them at twelve and eleven. What I were mean, they? That, that were bumper. They were like ten and two or something. Like my God! What are they over off. their last ten games? Two and eight. Yeah. Oof. They had a rough rough stretch here. Um, Portland, I, right where like after, they're going to end up right there. You know what I mean? They is might it, drop. You think so? Yeah. Who do you think will be number one in the West? Because Golden State's going to be in the top six, I think. Oh, I think Golden State will be in the top. So you I need think a top State six top team four, to drop five. out, and I would probably take Portland out of those teams. Portland to drop out? Yeah. Kings did get robbed, I agree. Uh, I'm not going to say your name, but it's fun to have in the chat. <laughs> I think um, Dallas is, by the way, not necessarily a lock. I mean, they're one Luka injury away from, like... Again, not a bad. In, I don't even mean a Luca like, oh, he tore his ACL. I mean they're like he rolled his ankle and missed seven games. Oh and seven. Oh and seven <laughs> or one and six. And it's like, okay, well, what happens if you just go on a oh and seven streak right now and you're nine and seventeen? Well, they've lost four in a row yeah, as it is, and he's <laughs> been healthy. The vibes are pretty disastrous, actually. They really are. They really are. So Dallas to me is not a lock to get in. The Lakers actually have looked pretty decent lately, even though they Please. lost in Nemar. <laughs> are you convinced the Lakers are not in the play in? They're not a top oh, six team, play? but are you convinced they're not a play-in team? Pretty convinced, yeah. Really? Yeah, I'm pretty, pretty convinced. I'm not convinced, but I'm not shocked at all if they miss all the way out. Me, well, me neither. Yeah, I, that's convinced. a good way to put Unless it. Unless they make a massive trade. You know who? You Unless know. they make the Buddy Hield Miles Turner. Trade. You know, you know. <laughs> then re- I could talk to themselves. Then I could talk myself into thinking. The crazy of thing them about him is the reason that I'm a little low on the Lakers is LeBron. I don't want to count them it's out. It's spicy. Huh? It's not. Sp- it's really not. It's actually not spicy. I mean, it is inherently, but I understand what you're saying. I just. I mean, look, they need urgency. He said they're seven and twelve, and he just. That's not. It's still not like well, th- up to the level. That's my thing, man. Like, okay, what's this team's history when the going gets tough? <laughs> they, oh, they, they all stop. quit. They quit. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. I don't like. Do they battle back from this start? Probably not. They are battling back. That's what it looks like. And I don't to make up the ground they've lost. I mean, I think that season is toast. I think the Me Suns too. are the number one seed when it all is said and done. They've been. They've managed to. You know, the Jay Crowder situation hasn't derailed them. Chris Paul being in and out hasn't hasn't derailed them. Uh, Cam Johnson being out hasn't derailed them. They're pretty deep. They know what they're doing. They're very talented. They're supremely talented. By the way, you know who's playing great there right now. Who's that? Tory Craig. Mm. He's starting. Starting for Love them. It's been absolutely fantastic Love for it. them. Wow, so I think him. the Suns are likely to be number one. I think Denver is likely to be number two. I think they're going to be competing with Memphis, depending on how healthy they get. Uh, Golden State, depending on how much of a run they could go on. Um, and then these other teams, who knows? Maybe a wild card sneaks into that of Portland or something. But to me, I think Phoenix and Denver are going to be vying the most likely for one, two in the West. Yeah. I feel pretty good about I it. I think so. The wild card to me so far... Just literally, if you look at where the standings are, um, the Pelicans. Not sure. Are you so, are you sold in either direction about them in terms of them as a top five ish, top six ish team? They're such a good, they have such a good coach. That's the thing about them, and they have a lot of talent. So I think they'll be up there. I think I, they've they've I've they've uh, 
boosted the, my opinion of them mm. over the course of the season. All right, let's take a break. On the other side, we have some great questions. I did an AMA to try to promote 100 Invisible Threads. I went on Reddit last week, did an AMA, was kind of blown away how many good questions I got. And I, when I couldn't get to all of them, I was like, you know what? This will make for a good mailbag episode. So segments two and three. Let's see what Reddit had to ask us. Love it. Let's see. Breckenridge Brewery, the official beer of DNVR. Pick up some Breck Brew today, guys. Pick up some Broncos Country Pale Ale because it's still Broncos season. Uh, You can't miss it. It's got that Broncos logo on it. Uh, We drink it during the Broncos season. So pick up some Broncos Country Pale Ale from your local liquor store, your local grocery store, wherever you get Breck Brew. If you don't know where to get Breck Brew, check out the Breck Brew Beer Locator on their website. That will tell you. Uh, where to get Breck Brew close to you. Breckenridge Brewery is the official beer of DNVR. Make sure to pick up some Broncos Country Pale Ale today. I know it says Broncos Country, but you know what beer season it is right now for Breck Brew? I'll What's give that? you a hint. Pony Keg uh, Christmas, Christmas Ale. ale. You know is what? this going to be the year I drink it, the entire Pony Keg? I mean, keg? we know you could do it. I know. You've already guaranteed it. I know I can do it. It's just a matter of me wanting to do it. The <laughs> longer you wait, the more washed you get. So also, this is that is true. That is so true. You that better do true. it now. We're going to have to do this. You know, I think we're having a private event at the DNVR bar next week, right, for Brandon? I think that might be. We might. I might bring a pony keg here just to Please see do. if you can do this. You want me to do it in front of our boss? <laughs> yeah, exactly. In front of the CEO of our company. <laughs> exactly, man. That's I was hoping this would just be on, you know, a post game show in front of <laughs> thousands of people no, across no. the world. No private event. Okay. Um, maybe, maybe. DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner, the NFL is my go-to when betting on the NFL uh, this holiday season. Um, right now. Everybody can earn up to 100% profit boost with DraftKings stepped up same game parlays. 10 legs. Can mine can find multiple bets like which team will win, player props, point totals. Get up to 10 legs. Let's go. Like Brendan Vote does and you get a 100% profit boost. Um, so right now that's for everybody, not just new users earn up to a 100% profit boost with DraftKings Sportsbook stepped up same game parlays. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use code DNVR. Place a $5 bet on any NFL team to win their game. Get $150 in free bets if they do. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code DNVR. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. All righty. Back here, segment two. Let's get into some mailbags. These guys, these things are like, um, there's some good like broad nuggets. I always like the broad nuggets question, especially when you're playing the Rockets. I don't want to get too deep in the weeds on the Rockets here. Beat them, beat them tomorrow, Nuggets. Make it easy for us. Hopefully Bones is back. Hopefully. Hopefully Bones Highland. I think he will be. I would be shocked if he wasn't. Bones Highland back in the rotation. I don't think Michael Porter will be back, but you never know. Maybe he's back and then get ready for to go back on the road. Dan Copter. <laughs> By the way, Reddit names, way more hilarious than Twitter names. Yeah. You know what? Yeah. I have to make up some of these ones because they were too bad at names. <laughs> Dan Copter says, what's your view of the Nuggets' team chemistry? It seems like we have one of the, we- the best cultures of any team in the NBA do you see any more players in the future choosing Denver like Bruce Brown did this offseason because of Joker's presence? Um, let's start with the first part of this vote. How do you grade the Nuggets' chemistry relative to other teams' chemistry? I think relative to the other best teams in the league, that's the area for growth for me, the area for improvement. I think they have to spend this regular season you know, catching up with that gap. Um, I think like Jamal and Jokic have an innate thing that we've seen now is almost like riding a bike. You know, 20 games in, they look amazing in the two-man already. So they're, they're at the core, it's there. But I I think they've added new pieces. You know, Porter has been a, a wild card in terms of playing time. Even Jamal's missed a lot of time. So that, to me, is the difference between them and Phoenix and Boston. And I think it can come, but they just need this season. Mm-hmm. I I think their chemistry is among the best in the league. I've I've got to think so. Um, there's no drama within the Nuggets. That's a great point. There's never been any. Well, there has been little bits of drama here and there, right, 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 but right. really none compared to most teams in the league. Nobody's knocked out Jordan Poole, or there's no punch, to, sucker punch to the that teammate. we yeah. that's gone public. That's gone um, public. Right. <laughs> Hey, we're still trying to figure out why Boogie's gone. I don't know. <laughs> Jesus, that's a joke. That's a joke. Um, but yes, there's no drama with these guys. And that's it's also just something that we never worry about. We never think about drama. And I feel like when you're covering a lot of other teams, 
That's just always something in the back of your head. Yeah. It's never with this team. And um, I do think a lot of it has to do with Nikola Jokic and how he just sets the tone from that perspective, like drama. If, if, if there was drama in the Nuggets locker room, like there quickly wouldn't be because Nikola Jokic would be like, what are we doing here? Like, right, right. What, why are we arguing? Like, what? I think even less than that, it's more just like when your top guy doesn't have that drama. It's, everybody takes their cue from the top guy. Yeah. And if he doesn't have the little petty bullshit, then you're not doing the little like, oh, well, they said this and he thinks there's this. But there's just none of that going on. Yeah. I, I love how you both took these questions differently because you were basically looking at it as on-court chemistry and you were looking at it more as like team right. culture. Right. And I think both of these play into it. I would agree with you that I think the on-court chemistry, I will say this. Again, I'm just so impressed with Murray and Jokic. Yeah. The way those two guys read each other is just so it, it shows you that there's very few duos in the NBA that play for to, with each other as long as these two guys have and it really pays off when you get to this level. I think it's an <laughs> underrated aspect of this Denver Nuggets team. And I think the other guys TBD, like Michael Porter obviously being the big one here, sure. but Bones Highland as well. They're better than what the chemistry their current chemistry levels with the team allow for. They're more talented than where they've gotten mm. there. But I interpreted this question more like Wynn did in terms of the culture of it. And I would agree. I think Denver is not the best in the NBA, but I think they maybe, I mean, who knows? But I definitely think it's in the upper quartile. Yeah. Just in terms of like. How do we really know who has the best chemistry? Of course. Unless just a bunch of GMs were to rank it. But I do think Wynn's point about the lack of drama is going to, is one of the key reasons and why for the second half of the question, I think the answer is yes. You know, I will never. I don't think we'll see stars circle Denver, but I think we'll see the Bruce Brown, so to speak. This question's con- great. Consider it, and I remember asking Bruce about that on Media Day. To be honest, expecting him not to to give it much and just kind of brush it aside. Totally. Did, did you do you enjoy coming to a place like Denver that doesn't grab quite as? He didn't even let me finish the question. He loves it, mm-hmm. and I mean, look, you. How many questions to you are about? Kyrie, for example, right? If you play on that team. And we, the questions we ask about Jokic are like, is it so great catching his passes? <laughs> you know, and that's probably a real relief. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Do you think, honestly, though, I think I will say this Bruce Brown caliber players, I do think are going to be flocking to Denver. Well, that's what I was getting at earlier when I was talking about just Denver being this oasis for those types of guys. Cause you really can just have a great experience on the court. Playing this style with Nikola Jokic, you can have a great experience off of it. Just being in a locker room with a bunch of cool guys, uh, just a bunch of low-key guys, no drama. You don't have to worry about anything off the court You know, when you come into Ball Arena. And it's just a lifestyle and a state of mind that you don't get with every team in the league. So um, I definitely think that's going to be a thing with those types of guys. And hopefully it is Bruce Brown as well, because I really do think he seems to be a perfect one of those guys. And also, by the way, Bruce Brown was in a horrible situation. There's a lot of Bruce Browns out there that are just in medium situations. And I do yeah. think, and I wonder, like, you know, what it's like in that in that regard. Like, if you're only in a medium situation, you come to Denver, you're probably happy. You're like, oh, this is better, but whatever. But if you go from the worst to Denver, you're probably like, wow. It's a real gamble yeah, out there. There's just not a lot of pressure. You know, there's not a lot of media. It's just... Low key, man. It's a yeah. cool city. It's good weather. Three hundred days of sunshine. Kale, well, you know what? I actually think about this. The Nuggets. It sucks that they always go on the road in October, November, and then they get back in town. Their home stretch is and it's Janu- just a blizzard. December, January. It's always like next year they should send them on the road for January, February. They should have the longest road trip ever. But they should be back in Denver the rest of the year yeah. when it's great. Um, Kale, do you have the Zeke Naji uh, picture I put on the the doc? Do you have the doc pulled up? Yeah, pull, pull up the doc there because it goes along with this question. Where do you guys see what shoes he was wearing yesterday? Yeah, Zeke Najee. He's worn them the whole yeah. season. The whole season. Yeah, wearing some jokers. Do you think Joker hooked him up here with these? Uh he did. Do you think? Do you know this for a fact? Yeah, he gave him a Zeke Najee has said that he's the only one who wears the jokers. I was kind of hoping Zeke was like, "Yo, yo, look at my shoes," and Yoke was like. Good yeah. for you, brother. Buddy. I don't care. Yeah, good for <laughs> good you. According to Zeke, <laughs> he has said that he's the only one who has these. I don't know how he got them. Maybe I'll find out. He loved the idea of Jokic not deliberately not giving anyone else them. Zeke Naji just stole them out of his locker or something. <laughs> Same size. It's like, wait, Zeke, how do you have this? <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah, like, why does Zeke Naji have them? But th- that's what I was told. That's what Zeke Naji said. Like, 
You know? He's the only one who Joker gave him to. The homie Miroslav asks, what was the hardest story to cut out of the documentary? I talked about this one with um, Obradovich. And I wanted to bring it up because you guys can go back it or you can go to Reddit and read this one. Jelko Obradovich, one of the greatest coaches in European history, Serbian Phil um, um, Phil Jackson, won nine Euroleague titles over there, and he's just a like an all around great coach. And then Drew Nicholas, who is in who's now the director of scouting, played for him. I believe I always screw up the name of how to say this. Pathanaikos, Panathinaikos. I can't say that. I can't ever say it correctly. He played for him over there, won two championships with him, two Euroleague championships with him. And I asked him about it, just expecting the like, you know, he's a good coach. Raved about him, said he's the greatest coach anywhere. And I was like, even like among NBA, he said greatest coach. And he was so emphatic about it. And I was like, why is he he's like a good X's and O's? He's like, no, he's good at every aspect of coaching. He like, <laughs> he's great strategist. He's a great practice coach. He knows how to talk to every type of person. Like he just went in and in and on and on about it. So missing out on that part. But the one part when I mentioned in Reddit and I forgot was when we mentioned in, in the invisible threads, connecting everything. I talked about how Abradovich was a player on the national team and was sort of selected by these uh, partisan legends to say, hey, it's your turn to now become a coach and, and really national team legends. And he became that. But what I forgot was he went from as a player his first year placed on the bench of the head coach of partisan and a mm. very interesting team. By the way, I'll get to them in a second. But his assistant coach that year was Alexander Nikolic who was the godfather of Serbian basketball. So again, it's a thread of when you talk about Nikolic to that point was the great considered the greatest coach. And then he takes Joko Obradovic and in the first year he's like I'm going to sit right beside you in your first year rookie season and kind of walk you through this. That's a great that's another example that kind of shows you this Yugoslavian at that time Yugoslavian mentality of like we always are handing the baton. And I love that part of the culture of this like you benefited in so many ways from being a player that was loved and paid and all these different things, and now it's your turn to give back to the game, and you see that in a lot of different ways, and I thought that was cool. Lastly, that team that he took over, the war begins. They're not allowed to play in Belgrade. or They're, they're, they're basically kicked out of Belgrade for various reasons, and they play their season in Spain um, outside of Madrid in a little, a little place, Fuenlabrada, right outside of, out of, uh, outside of Madrid. He's the coach. On that team is Danilovic and Georgievich, who are also featured in the story. I hope you guys have seen the documentary, but go check it out. It's really good. So those two players, the story that wasn't told was those guys' season as young players. I think the average age on that team was like 24 or something. They win EuroLeague, not projected to. They end up winning EuroLeague in that season as this major underdog playing away from their home arena the entire season. So it's just another one of these great stories that all is existing at the same time as the documentary so cool. as the stories that I think are really, really cool. I wish we had gotten Eric falling in the mud. <laughs> but I think your answer is good, too. <laughs> Do you have one, though, seriously, though, about the trip, you know, that you just kind of... You know, obviously the documentary tells, like, 10% of the things that we got to, but I just... Is there something... I, no, I, I mean, I would say the other thing, too, for me is I didn't go on a lot of those interviews with you guys. So I did a lot of my learning sitting down for the screening right, the first right. time. I kind of had a different version of the trip. So I would say you did yeah. a great job. Any yeah. stories there you you kind of think were like th threads you'd love to learn <sighs> more about or question. pull on? That's a good question. Um, I mean, I would have liked a whole chapter on just the Splav culture of, <laughs> of Belgrade. <laughs> I feel like we didn't fully get the splav culture. That's my fault, actually. I, I always, had one regret. It's I didn't splav. We enough. didn't need it, man. We didn't need it. Like <laughs> I think the story's better. We went hard enough. At we the spent too much time at Red Bar. Not yeah, enough time out at, at Red, the Bar. Red Bar. Wonder if they're listening. The homie Alec asks. Oh, this is a good one. I wanted to get to this one, and there was a reason I didn't get to it in writing. I think it's better to go into detail here. Something that has always bummed me out is seeing other orgs work directly with local artists for things like shirts, promos, etc. Do you think this is something the Nuggets will ever try? <laughs> With the TV deal still looking in dire shape, they could uh, that could be a good way to promote the team locally, in his opinion. Are there other ways you think the team can improve its outreach to help build the fan base other than obviously putting them back on television? I love this one from Alec. I'll let you guys answer first. Like he's mentioning Ronnie Gold, or he's you know, I have mentioned this. Ronnie Gold made the a local artist, street artist in uh, the Bay, makes their yeah. playoff shirts, and he's done a bunch of other stuff. You know, they had a local artist design their jerseys this year. Didn't necessarily love the jerseys, but loved the concept of using somebody local for it. So other teams have done this stuff. Do you think Denver, this is a thing that you see them doing in the future? Is this a thing that they could do? Or is there other things like this? Yeah, I would love it. Um, I, I don't know, man. I almost feel like a couple of years ago, pre-pandemic, there was more of this momentum mm. within the Nuggets. Like, I just remember um, 
when they rebranded and you just had like that video of Gary Harris in that uh, shirt with the um, Skyline logo mm-hmm. just in Rhino. Like, I feel like at that point in time, the Nuggets were heading in a direction where like they were more ingrained and just mm. like a part of the city. And then the pandemic hit. And I also think there's just been a lot of turnover within the Nuggets and like within the people that do that type of thing. I've been here eight years. That's true. That's one of the traits is that it feels like every yeah. two years there's a whole new regime in those, totally. those roles. And I don't feel like now they're doing as much of that as they were trending towards doing like three, four years ago. And maybe the pandemic had a lot to do with that. And obviously the turnover. Um, but I, I would like to see a lot more of it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't want to pretend to know what it's like to work there. You know, it's very easy when you're not in a room to think, you know, how things play out in a room. Uh, I get the sense from the outside at the risk of being incorrect. It, it just feels a little more, everything's a little more corporate, like send it up for approval, send it up for approval, you know, and things are done in a, uh, maybe like minimize harm kind of way. And I imagine that is largely true of most teams. There's yes. just corporate, corporate culture. Yes. Yeah. But maybe more so in Denver. So it might sound like a weird word to attach to something like this, but it might be viewed as risky or something. I would love to see them go down that direction. And, I, you know, they already did the rebrand, but I would like if it incorporated some elements of out in the community as well, like commissioned murals and art. And I was really struck by when we went to Portland by how much of the Blazers and Dane is like visually a part of being in the city. It's Mm -hmm. so true. And I think that'd be a really cool thing, you know, if Denver was sort of lit up with, you know, I I don't know, the sights and That stuff just takes effort though. You know, it takes effort and time and resources. And it's just like another thing that person who probably already has a lot on their plate already has to do. Right. I To answer the question, I agree with everything you guys are saying. KSC is a larger than normal enterprise for professional sports because they have so many different teams, even just here in Denver. But nonetheless, it's one of my biggest criticisms of them as an entity is that I agree with you. Portland is a great example of this. Golden State, to a lesser extent, is a bigger city. But even yeah. there, I just feel like you see a lot of gold, like warrior stuff and, you know, whatever. But Denver, to me, like you have to really look for a Nuggets anything, right? Look a Nuggets jersey, a Nuggets anything, and I don't, I don't think it's that hard, especially in a city like Denver where they already own half of the city anyway. <laughs> That's a good point. It's not that hard to just have some murals up, like not just posters and like, right. oh, here's a billboard, which that to me is like the easiest thing you could do. Yeah. But just making it more part of the city to where it's like, hey, no man, Nuggets, Denver, those things are synonymous. Those are those are two in the same. But to answer your broader point, and I know Alec is asking this because be, he is a um, an artist himself. I will say that I I would not be surprised if the if the organization in the near future does similar things like this. I said my personal goal, and I know it's D line's goal. I want D line to be involved in some of the marketing of and and some of the promotional items that they do for the playoffs. I think it's the smartest thing they can do. I wish the maybe you guys could make a campaign to help. Like I would love for D line to, to. You imagine if he made the official playoff shirt for that and it was designed right. by him. How, How cool he's for, not already is just like so stupid. <laughs> I mean, Eric is a top. When you talk about famous Nuggets fans, there's not many because there's not that many Nuggets fans. Let's just be honest with you. It's not like the Nuggets fan base. We know this. We're yeah. very proud of the community we've built. Still dwarfed. And Pete Davidson, Machine Gun Kelly. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Two, those two stand out. Eric, D-Line is now among the most famous Nuggets fans in the world. And I so mean don't that pump as an his ego I don't, I mean, I would, I would he, never, He's, he's loving this He's right not watching. Now. He's not listening to this. Um, I would never say this in front of him. <laughs> yeah. But like, it would be a cool thing to the bullseye center core of the Nuggets fan base if they roped him in. And I think yeah. it would be one of those smart ways to do it. But. I think he could make a shirt a little better than just Elevate. <laughs> Mile High City presented Honda. by Toyota. Motors. Yeah, I think yeah. Honda he Motors. could. He could make a shirt that's just a little bit better. Actually, than that. actually, we all say this, and then he gets in there, and then he just hates it. He's like, God, they're like, Eric, you made a shirt that says Honda Motors presented by Denver Nuggets. He's like, Look, man, that's all they gave me to work with. I know. I'm very restricted. It's like, what do you mean you don't like it? Yeah. <laughs> Let's take a break. More good uh, questions on the other side, uh, guys. The Game Time app. Make sure to use it if you need tickets to Nuggets games. Avalanche games, Broncos games during the summer, uh, Rockies games once that season gets started. If you need tickets to concerts, shows, whatever you need, Game Time is your go-to. Download the Game Time app. Use our link in the description, in the YouTube description right below us right now. It's also in the podcast description if you're listening to this as a podcast. Uh, the Game Time app, it's your one-stop shop. They've got these great last-minute price drops that you can't get 
on any of those other third-party websites. Just use Game Time for Nuggets tickets, Broncos tickets, Avs tickets, concerts, shows, whatever you need. Use Game Time. Use our link in the description. <laughs> oh, so Blanco says refurbished would be the shirt. <laughs> <laughs> refurbished. Oh, no. That's just all of a sudden the playoff <laughs> slogan. <laughs> refurbished. Refurbished. Wait, wait, wait a second. Can you wait imagine a phoning Eric into one of those meetings? <laughs> uh, he'd, he'd hang himself. <laughs> Eric. Uh, Eric, Eric, we need this to look a little more clean. Eric. This doesn't look clean enough. <laughs> Eric, more than anybody at the company, hates notes. Right. Oh, yeah. He hates that. He also so the hates idea of, criticism from people who aren't artists. Not even criticism, <laughs> just like interpretation. But if he had to do that Thoughts. with the Honda Thoughts. Motors reps, who oh, like, had like creative They're authority like, what over do you think him? about a, uh, a white shirt? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> What's a good that means that represents the Nuggets playoffs, but also the new Kia Sorento? Like, <laughs> two, what word can do both? Yeah. <laughs> Be really tough. It's a tough sell. It's just a nightmare. <laughs> Uh, are we done? Yeah, we're done. All right. Boneyard Bill asks, and he's, by the way, Boneyard Bill, homie, man. He's been in a few times, and he's the one that brought the uh, <laughs> sirens on home. He's the one that brought the Jokic uh, head. He, he's the ah, one that brought it in. So Boneyard, Boneyard Bill. Boneyard. He says, hi, Adam. What does DNVR, why does DNVR not show the pregame shows on the TV? At the bar. Would love to hear you guys when he's down there at the bar. This will be taken care of. This will be, not taken care of. This will be a thing we do eventually. Originally, it was technology. It was the ability to be able to do that. New bar partner means new things, and I think we're going to start out by making the post-game shows in that little space below the studio. Mm. But just so you know, if you're ever at the DNVR bar now, almost any time, not every time, but almost any time, if you want to come on up, ask your server, just come on up and you can watch the show live. We almost always have at least one or two people that are yeah. watching the show live in person. Like It's not an actual I like audience. doing it in front of a live audience, too. But it's Me like too. one or two people. Yeah, it's yeah but you fun. have to like laugh. You have to be an easy audience. Yeah. I've had people that are sit there like, you're like, man, I thought we're doing you great here. We're doing great over here. What the hell, man? Um, all right. Anyway, good question. Iglia says, anyone you really enjoy interacting with in the organization that is just a fun person to be around but doesn't spend a lot of time in the spotlight? I like this question. Flacco hmm. Chanchar. That's a, a pl- player. You went straight to a player. Yeah. I, but I just, I just wanted to take this opportunity to say, like, Flacco's really nice, really willing to talk, super dope, actually. Yeah. I found yeah. him to be like a very down-to-earth guy. So, And he's getting his moment. So I just wanted to get that out there, too, that he's a, a seemingly great dude. Um, I'll, I'll, I'll give you an example. The Tim Conley front office when he first got here, we all laughed because there were so many characters, man. Like Jim Klebanov is a character. Not around that guy a whole lot, but he's like the main character in a room whenever he's in there. Jared Jeffries is another guy who's often the main character and like... Yeah. You know, he's just such a like, he's seven feet tall and also the loudest personality. Right, right. So, like, it's like he doesn't, there's, you don't ever, never miss him. Uh, you know, I think Ben Tenzer's always like an interesting guy to chat with and just like super down to earth. He's also phenomenal at, at being punk. There's a lot of people. And now the front office has obviously evolved into the Calvin Booth front office and he's brought in other people. And those are people, those are names you like either hear about once and right. then that's it or you'll never hear about them. You know, Tommy Balchettis and Marty Poshis and all these people. There's like really, there's really cool people that are behind the scenes that just don't, you don't yeah. hear about a whole lot. Yeah, no, for sure. I mean, it's funny because like the front office, you know what everybody does on the coaching staff, obviously. Like they're at practice, they're at shoot arounds, they're at the games. The front office, their job description is like so much more vague. Very true. Half the time, they're like out scouting. Like Marty just went on this huge European scouting trip, and he's back now. He was at the game last night. I saw him. Um, They're out scouting college, international. Like they're just in and out so much more that like they're just not around as much. It's it's just a funny dynamic. I feel like. But I have really, you know, whatever we were trying to talk, like describe with the culture. uh, You know, yokes approachable. Everything's kind of down to earth. I would say that applies to my interactions with folks in the front office for throughout this organization. Uh, like, two people I like interacting with, Jokic's brothers. <laughs> <laughs> I talked with Strahinia last uh, night about the documentary. He said uh, he loved it. Yeah, big favor. You got yeah. the stamp of approval. Hell yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> I will say everybody in Denver media has a Nick O'Hare, who's the head of PR, has a Nick O'Hare impression. So Yours so is the best. So there you go. Um, Do it. Native In says... Specifically asking about someone Nuggets fans should know about because they're a key part of our success, but also because they're good people. 
So is that the same question? Um, I don't think so. Unless it I screwed up like how to. It does sound like the same one. Yeah. Now then maybe we move on. Young Panda says, "Do you ever get nervous before talking to player staff, or are you used to it by now?" I like this one. Um, I'll go first on this one. Players are, can be hard to talk to, man. And only because they are, I'm telling you, most of them are just not that, like, they don't like media. So, yes. like, they go into it like it's like a battle. It's like, you guys see Greg Popovich and the way he used to, he's cooled off from this. I think he took criticism and, like, internalized it and has actually changed a little bit. Yeah. But you see how Greg Popovich will make it like you're coming to war. If you have a question for me, you better be ready to, like, go back and forth. There's a lot of players that are that way. So when you say, do we get nervous? Like, oh, my God, he's a famous person. No. You get nervous because it's like, I only get one chance to, to ask this question. I might, you get Jamal Murray in a scrum. You might not talk to him again for three weeks. Yeah. That's... And it's like, man, I really have this question I want to get. How do I get him to answer it? How do I blah, blah, blah? And then you ask it and you don't get anything. And you're like, damn. Yeah. So that's, I get nervous in that way, but only in that way. I've gotten nervous before when you have to like ask a tough question, yeah. for sure. No, I mean, I feel like everybody does. But I think what I have to tell myself and what everybody has to tell themselves is like, doesn't matter. <laughs> no, doesn't, doesn't we've matter. all done it. Like we've all had some version of a slip yeah. up. And like you... if you ask a question, somebody doesn't like, they'll be mad at it for literally five seconds, and then they'll walk off the podium and forget about Not it. Not think about you ever again. <laughs> right. I, Just yeah. doesn't matter. I, um, I, but I, yeah, of course, I've been, I've been nervous asking players questions. Of course. Sorry, I cut you off there. When yeah, the first year I did this, I was super nervous because I, I had no idea. Like, is there a rule book? You know what I mean? Like, are oh. you doing it right? Are you doing it wrong? I would say now it's actually a little bit harder to ask a good question than you'd think because you don't know what mood these guys are coming in, <laughs> and if you misword it just like a little bit, the question's misinterpreted or it's or it's brushed off. This is why you love when people are like, "How come nobody asked why Michael Malone?" Blah blah blah. You're like, first of all, I just ask. Why don't you play this guy? Yeah. Like, like, also, like, that's, also, you're not going to get an answer. Yeah like, yeah, like, that's the thing. We have done that. Like, one time I was like, hey, like, Malik was playing well, and then he didn't play in the second half. Like, what went into that decision? And he looked at me. It was like six seconds of cold silence. And he's like, I thought it gave us the best chance to win. I'm like, all right. Which dude. is the answer Which you is get the when answer you ask to, that yeah, question. You ask that's the answer to all of those time. questions. Dude, somebody asked Jamal Murray after he had a best game of his career last game about it, and he said something like, I just make shots I usually do. Like, come on, that's not the answer. <laughs> but again, this just shows you how hard it is to yes. get these guys to not think you're putting them in a box. I think it's actually bad as a general NBA PR. Like, I feel like the NBA could, like, has has impacted the way players talk and interact with media in a way that's like horrible as evidenced by their atrocious ratings right now. And have you seen, by the way, that the ratings for football keep going up and up and up? It's like actually yeah. out of this world. Yeah. The way that they keep setting records. Yeah. Well, the NBA, by the way, I don't again, these are things I don't know if everybody cares about, but I care about. The NBA right now for League Pass, their Black Friday deals are basically like, does anyone want League Pass for free? <laughs> right, right. You know why? <laughs> and you know why? It's a hundred percent sure this is why. Because their ratings suck and a TV deal is up and they want to be able to shoot, as The Athletic they has done, numbers. and said, look, we have almost a million people subscribed to us. Well, why? Because subscription is free. That's what they want for League Pass. They want to say, look how many people are watching our product, and, yeah. which is actually not the case, which is even more concerning, but nonetheless, yeah, right. I digest. <laughs> you digest? I digest. <laughs> <laughs> Are we going to add something to that? No, just that it's, you know, it's you want to try to word it perfectly because if you don't, the whole thing goes awry, but then you overthink the wording, and that's actually usually the origin of flubs. Yeah. <laughs> I know it's digressed, by the way. You looked at me as if you thought I did not know that. that was, I just didn't know like if you knew man. that you said digest. Yeah, I just of course. Um, let's see where else we go. Um, Denver Nuggets. Wow, the Denver Nuggets asked this one. How different was your perception of Serbia and the culture after your visit? I answered this one a little bit, but I'm curious your guys'. Is. I actually didn't hear the question just now. <laughs> uh, I mean, completely, just because I knew very little about Serbian culture. Like, I thought people were going to be kind of pissed that we were there and, like, had cameras and were like, oh, we're doing a documentary on Nikola Jokic and Serbia basketball. You thought they'd be mad about that? Yeah. You know, like, oh, you're coming into our country and, like, just getting drunk and like meeting all these people and you thought there was a little bit of that just as someone who monitors so the social media oh it, oh it's right, not right, right 100 percent right. adoration but like i didn't right, feel right, right. but it's any also of that closer though I when say. i was yeah. there i mean look there's yeah. drunk angry people everywhere that's i feel like that's what we i didn't see. feel any of that when i was there i didn't expect people to be so welcoming yeah like, you didn't that see was, that in the real world you saw that yeah that was yes. like my biggest takeaway or one of them was just how welcoming everybody was and yeah. That, I thought that was awesome. It was not what I expected. 
Yeah, just to be clear, not in our experience there. To just on the internet, strong double down with wind on um, that it was, it was ludicrously welcoming. And I didn't like. I think there are some cultures you think that are famous for, you know, hospitality. This is, I guess, to the point of the trip, a culture that you don't hear much about. Signs the negative stuff or the involvement and the complicated stuff. So that was a really cool thing to learn. Like it was, it actually, I my big, I really hope that's something I take with me. Like I have people who come to see me and it's like, all right, I'll get, I'll get you a place to sleep. And, but now it's like, well, I want to have my best food out, my best booze out. I'm going to plan the best trip. Like I want them, if someone's coming to Denver, you want them, yeah. I want Denver to stunt, you know, you want them to have the experience we yes, had there. Where yes, it's like, yeah. Show them your best face. Exactly. Yeah. I love that. Was that the question? I still don't. <laughs> here, here, I'll do this one slow for you. Poncho Bronco says, thanks for all the great nuggets, content and spaces you've helped make for fans come together. My question is, how can the Nuggets increase their physicality? Do they need to add a player? And if it's the mindset, when should we worry if they have it or not? Oh, I love this question. Um, I think that the Nuggets, like when they've when they're playing well, they're physical. When, I agree. I when agree. they're not playing well, they're soft. Oh, that's such a good take, Win. Um, <laughs> first half against the Houston Rockets. Yeah, they're soft. <laughs> Second half, they're physical. <laughs> so true. The softest game ever, to be yeah. honest with you. It's just that's just how this team is. It is. That's a great. So team. if you want to be physical, like all the time, forty-eight minutes of every single game, yeah, you need a couple more just super physical guys. I think. I no. do love though that that's the way Aaron Gordon's played for the most part of the season, and he's the guy who brings this in the roster in a way that maybe no one in the Yoke era. I don't know, Fareed. I wasn't around for that, but. He was yeah. not physical. I'll yeah, athletic, but not. The way Gordon is just going through dudes right now, it's just like he's running through brick walls. It's pretty awesome. Yeah. Zamora asks, what is something from Serbian basketball culture that you wish was a bigger part of our American game? I thought this was a great question. I'm bummed I didn't get to it uh, mm. on, on the AMA. I'll give you a couple things here, and I've talked about this. I think I've talked about it on the show, but if not, I'm just going to read. I'm, I might be repeating myself here, but I've been thinking about it so much. I don't believe there is a supreme basketball culture out there. It's not the American culture. Americans have had 330 million people, a deep tradition and people that play the sport and a wide variety of races and cultures and beliefs and systems like Los Angeles and New York, very different. They produce different styles of basketball. So their advantage is both or our advantage is both one of scale and also of diversity, in my opinion. And, and there's a lot of interesting things that break them here. But there are things about the American game that has holes in it, and we've seen it. There's things in the Serbian, Yugoslavian game that have holes in it, the Spanish game, whatever. And I think the more you sort of can take from those, the more complete your knowledge of basketball, your knowledge base will be. But if I took one specifically from Serbian basketball culture, there's two things, actually. One, and this is in the documentary, I really loved hearing people talk about the relationship, the fans, the relationship they have to their team. And players reciprocating that. And I think that has become so broken mm. in the NBA in the Adam Silver era of this idea of like players in many ways being above their fa own fan bases yeah. and disconnected from their own fan bases and fan bases really disconnecting on like human levels from their players in a way that I think is really gross. And I talk about in the documentary how... <laughs> we talked to Milan Dosa who kind of laughed off the idea that he's been hit with coins and bottles and batteries in games. And you think, well, that's horrible. My God, you must hate it. And he's like, no, but you think about how much these games must mean to those people that they do this. And it's like this very understanding of where these two pieces fit to e mm. next to each other, even when the things aren't necessarily appreciated. And so for me, that's one of them. Like players, I really wish had a better appreciation of what it is that they mean to their cities and to their fans. And I just feel like that being broken is one of the things that's really bad. Why do you think Bones is popping off, man? Man, it, but it's so meaningful, man. Right. And I mean this sincerely. Like Bones, and maybe this is just because he's young, but Bones still talks, even to media, like they're human beings yes. and people. Yes. His mm -hmm. guard is down in a way that always makes me nervous because I'm always like, <laughs> yeah. I don't think we're ever going to do this where you're just kind of like, oh man, he said something off the cuff that you he'll regret this if I share it with the world or whatever. But like, mm -hmm. and I hope he doesn't ever get taken advantage of in those ways. Yeah. But at the same time, it's so jarring when he's just like, hey man, what's going on? I know. How are you doing? Right. Right. <laughs> Things good with the family? And he you're comes just like, oh my you. God, a human yeah. being, a human interaction. <laughs> yeah, man. Instead it's so of, rare. <laughs> it's so rare that it sticks out. And it's not even like he's like Mother Teresa or whatever. He's just like regular human being. And yeah. my point is, is that schism. 
Can I give one more though? Yeah, and then yeah. I want to no, hear your go guy. Ahead. Give you more time to think. The other one is, and I actually confirmed this with Jokic as a piece of tradition with the Serbian national team. I'm told that teams and club club teams even, but especially the national team, eat every meal together. They go to the same restaurant every single day. They'll hang out in the one hotel room. They'll pick a spot. They'll all come and hang out. It's not like, oh, you are with your group. I'm with my group. That doesn't exist. And the eating, they said that you will not even enter the restaurant until everyone has arrived. <laughs> Meaning that. there's no like, oh, wind, you're going to be 30 minutes late. No yeah. problem. Like, Love oh, that. you won't be there this time. Whatever. That's cool. No, it's like, no, we're going to dinner, guys. Like, be there at six. Well, I'll be there. Oh, we're all here. Let's go get our table and eat together. And it's just like... They're so close. And Jokic said, yeah, well, part of that is I don't see these guys that often. So I spend six weeks with them doing an international, like mm, national team. That's a good point. It's like really nice. And you couldn't expect that over eight months of an NBA season or whatever. But at the same time, I still think there's something about, hey, man, forming a group is really, really hard when it's more than two or three people. When you have 15 players on a roster, it's so hard to become cohesive. And those things go a long way. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I just love the... Uh, like when we were watching the Serbian national team play this summer, just the unselfishness that they play with. And I actually think it's something that the Nuggets do probably better than most NBA teams in terms of just playing together, playing as one, playing as a team. It's really rare in the NBA when like nobody cares who gets the credit, who scores. It's just all about winning. And I actually feel like the Nuggets more so than a lot of other teams just feel that way. I agree with that. And that's another thing that goes back to Jokic and goes back to just the culture and how great of a team and organization the Nuggets are to play for and why a lot of these guys, Bruce Brown, Jeff Green, DeAndre Jordan, like to play here is that nobody cares who gets the credit. Right. And like it's it's something that, you know, it's Michael great. Malone talks about a lot and we've talked about like, is it... Um, is it real? Like, or is this just stuff we're kind of making up? But I really do feel like the Nuggets compared to a lot of other teams, it, it's just kind of different where Denver really just cares about winning, you know, and Bruce Brown's fine if he doesn't score and just gets like 10 rebounds and 10 assists and the Nuggets win, you know, um, like Contavious Caldwell Pope doesn't care if he scores. It's just like if the Nuggets win, you know, and like that, that's really, really rare in the NBA. And so I think the Nuggets, they have that team first selfless approach. I really think they do. And obviously, like Serbia is all about that. Yeah, for me, and I this could be more of a European thing than exclusively or specifically Serbian. But sure. coaching coaching influence, to me, I'm I, I'm kind of fascinated by now that's kind of a wild take after coaching just lost them. Uh <laughs> The competition, but uh, I, I think um, there is just something. <laughs> I, I to, see what you mean, though. There's something to. There's just a respect. Like first of all, this idea of like a really respected class of coaches. There's like one guy in the like even even you think of like Steve Kerr who would be heralded and like they're halfway ready to run him out of town in San Francisco. Uh, it's it's like we talk about Popovich with that reverence and, and almost no one else. And that's not to say that no one I, that they've earned it and they haven't gotten it. It's just that. There's a deep irony to how quickly everyone blames a coach in the NBA when you realize how little influence these guys actually have in so many organizations. Yeah, right. Maybe it's different for the best like teams, that. but there are a lot of coaches who it's like they're effectively powerless out there, man. And that does not seem to be the case in Europe. And and it's I've noticed that in the comments as well. You know, when we'll say like, well, this is Jokic's job as the leader. A lot of Serbian fans are like, what are you talking about? That's right. a coach's job. And so to me, these they too often are almost like figureheads and ultimately powerless. I will say another thing, and this you can cue the outro music here, Kale. But the other thing is, and we've talked about this a little bit, in the U.S., everything about the experience in the arena is about monetization. From the moment you walk in to every <laughs> little piece of this is like, let's make a little bit more money here. Let's bring in a sponsor that does the segment during a timeout here and this or that. And it's like so ridiculous that the experience of going to an NBA game is its own fun, but it's like a different fun. It kind of sucks. It's, it's so stripped yeah. down in Serbia that there's literally no food or alcohol sold at the arena, which is leaving so much money on the table. It's just it's, it's insane because it's so far the opposite that it would never happen in the US. But I do think you could learn something just from like, guys, is the 
all of the DJ interruptions <laughs> yeah, and every yeah. little thing that we yeah. have during everything. Is it at some point just distracting? <laughs> like kind of. Like, I was actually sitting there last night when like the starting or the pregame introduction like oof. thing was going on, and it's just like, why am I? Why are we sitting here for two minutes in a dark arena while this right. video plays that yeah. the players don't care about? Really, nobody's watching. We're all just like annoyed that this really loud music is blaring. And there's something that I just wonder <laughs> if it actually makes it harder to cheer because you're so many like interruptions and things. And like oh, when you dude. watch that game against Serbia, Greece, and look, I get it. It's the first time Jokic, those guys have seen Jokic play. You can't capture that same thing. It's hard. It's apples and oranges. But there is just something to like a crowd knows what to do when you get out of the way. A cr then the crowd makes you maybe more knows what to do. What in Nuggets Arena? If you just didn't do any of the in-arena entertainment, and by the way, it's not the Nuggets. This is every team in the NBA does yeah. the exact same thing. This, yeah. this is not a Nugget-specific thing. But it, would would a crowd be like confused? I maybe for a game or two. But I, I feel think like initially they would because we're so trained we're to, so for trained. us to be told when to chant Nuggets. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, hold on, was there anything on the board? Wait, when here? do I chant? Let's go Nuggets. Oh, now, okay. All right, here we go. But like, we watched that one and it's like, the crowd just is into it and there's no distractions. They're just like, we're focused on the game and it's going on and we're all going nuts. And even at Maracana Stadium for that soccer game, man, like, I didn't speak Serbian. The guy next to me kept talking to me. I didn't the yeah, entire right. time didn't have a word. I could not understand a word he was saying. Never stopped him. He it's knew. So good. He knew I didn't speak English or I didn't speak Serbian. And he kept talking to me literally every twenty seconds. Like, cause you know, in soccer, like if something happens, it's not a guy kicks the ball and he blah, blah, blah. and I'd be like, I'm so mad too, man. Like, you gotta control it. I don't just know. Just nonstop. And like guys in front and behind everybody are just kind of so like, good. dude, people just talk to each oh, other man. when there's no distractions. Like if they're, can we just get rid of the Western Union first shot? They're, no, we can't. No, we can't. We can never get rid of it. Wind, who's, uh, who's going to pay them to not have that? That's Why do I need to watch some celebrity I've never heard of go up and brick a free throw? We got to get rich enough that we could sponsor. Does anybody really want to sign ball from Miss Colorado? No. no. Not at all. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> That's who shot the Western Union first shot a couple games. Miss Colorado, huh? Miss Colorado. Can you, we got to get... Where do, do you put that basketball if you get it? DNVR has to get big enough that we could <laughs> sponsor all these <laughs> events. And there's one disclaimer. It just says, this game brought to you with limited interruption thanks to DNVR. Oh, my God. That would be our greatest achievement. <laughs> it really would be. I actually want to go on with this segment for a while. Just ridiculous things at NBA games. <laughs> You got 20 seconds. What else you got? Uh, the Papa Shot competition during one of the yeah, timeouts. Yeah. I mean, what are we doing? Heidi's here? Deli used to have a like sandwich making thing where you had to like pull a giant piece of bread down, then you had to go get the cheese. And it was God. just like this sponsorship. I'm never eating at Heidi's Deli. In fact, it went <laughs> under. So thankfully. Yeah. Anyway. Just the music played during every possession. We're getting old that we hate this part. I'm with you on this yeah, one. Yeah, chat's though. railing old men takes from us. Oh, these are old men. Dude. They're not old men takes. Bring it on, chat. This is Bring an it old on. men take. Yeah, that I never want to be young. It's like, well, we love the Heidi's Deli sandwich stack. God. Ridiculous, man. Ugh. I'm telling you, ridiculous. Yeah. All right, everybody, thanks for watching us. Nuggets are back in Denver. So are the Houston Rockets. Round number two tomorrow. You know we'll be right back here. As always, hit that like button on the way out. Go Eagles. You got next. You got next.